Hello once again, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with I'm Hugh Thomas, the Deputy Editor. In this episode, we're discussing the early FMT trial, which is a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial of fecal microbiota transplantation, or FMT, for first or second Clostridioides difficile, or C. diff, infection. This paper appears in our December issue. I was very lucky to be joined earlier today by the first author on the early FMT trial paper, Dr. Simon Banwall. Dr. Banwall is a fellow in the Department of Hepatology and Gastroenterology at Aarhus University Hospital and the Department of Clinical Medicine, Aarhus University. He's a member of the Center for Fecal Microbiota Transplantation in Aarhus and the European FMT Network, EuroFMT. His research primarily focuses on FMT, C. diff infection, and clinical microbiome research. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Dr. Banwall, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here. Brilliant. Um, so just to start us off then, um, many of our listeners are going to be pretty familiar, I think, with the concept of FMT, the patients with recurrence, CBI. What's the history of that? Um, and where does it kind of currently sit, FMT, that is, among our available treatment options for these patients? Yeah, this is actually a good question because the thing about FMT, it's, it's not a new treatment in any sorts, actually. It dates back to the Asian China with anecdotes of yellow soup for treating diarrhea. And if we have to go for the C. diff as an indication, we actually had the first real patient report back in 1958 with the Iceman group. Back then, we didn't even know it was C. diff, we know today. And also in the 1980s, there was Michael Zwille that conducted this series uh, that was published in The Lancet on this bacterial consortium harvested from healthy donor stool to treat C. diff. But if we have to say, okay, when did we really start in modern medicine to use FMT? We started it back in the beginning of the 2000s, mainly in the US and Finland was really pioneering. And the big blockbuster was in 2013 with the New England Journal of Medicine trial for from Fanut and the Netherlands group. So... The main indication back then, and still is, is multiple recurrence C. diff, that being not one infection, two infections, but three infections of C. diff in the same patients or more. And today, in the international guideline, both the European and the American, we recommend FMT for this indication, where antibiotics alone is clearly insufficient. Right, so uh, we'll cover this in detail a little bit later. Um, but just briefly, your early FMT trial uh, investigates the efficacy and safety of FMT for first or second and C. diff infection. Uh, what did we know about the potential of FMT in this setting before you began your trial? So, so what, what prompted your group to pursue this clinical question in the first place? Yes, uh, yeah. Of course, we have done a lot of FMT for recurrent uh, C. diff, as I just told, and and what we did was actually back in 2017, we did this randomized trial matching FMT to, to fidaxomycin and vancomycin for recurrence diff. And what we back then were able to was actually survey the infection in the region. And that was for the purpose of including patients. But what we found was actually quite a lot of the patients with the first or second C. diff infection never reached the trial. They either died or became too frail, ill to come to the hospital for the treatment. So, And then we looked for the statistics and found this national survey of the C. diff infection as well and found that actually in the patient age 71 or more, 
38% of them is only alive after two years. And from the trial, that was, to no surprise, a really positive trial, again, showing the superiority of FMT. This quite a prominent question, why not use FMT earlier as a add-on to the existing antibiotics? So that was what really started us off, actually. Right. And so for our listeners who've not had a chance yet to snap through the paper, and I know they all will, um, are you able to briefly summarize the design of your trial? Yeah, yes. In the early FMT trial, we conducted this double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial where we randomized patients after they had completed a standardized course of vancomycin, 125 milligrams four times a day for a minimum of 10 days to either two treatments with encapsulated FMT or encapsulated placebo. We spaced the treatments in time, so the first were on the first day of the trial participation, and the second dose was after three to seven days. And after that, we followed them for eight weeks, and or until the recurrence, the primary outcome was resolution of uh, C. diff. And we actually planned to include 84 patients with a pre-specified interim analysis after 42. And what we found when doing the interim analysis was that among the 42 randomized, 21 of them of the patient randomized to FMT and 21 randomized to placebo, that being vancomycin alone, that 90 of 21 in the FMT group actually achieved sustained resolution, whereas only 7 of the 21 in the placebo arm had sustained resolution. and this was quite convincing, had a quite a power to the difference. So we had, according to the ethic committee obligation, we were obliged to stop the trial for this reason. reason. Yeah, I mean, were you, were you surprised by the magnitude of that result? <laughs> yes, we didn't. We we did not expect that FMT should or placebo, that being vancomycin alone, to to perform at this low efficacy rate. We actually anticipated at least sixty six present on a good day would have sustained resolution after vancomycin. So, and actually as a, doing the trial, we, we of course saw that we have a lot of failures, but we were actually thinking that it was the FMT arm underperforming. So at some point we actually considered actually extending the study because we may have been wrong in our initial power calculation, but we chose not to do that because of the study quality, of course. But we thought that actually it was the FMT arm underperforming. So it came at quite a surprise to us when we did the... Brilliant. Uh, was, there, was there anything else you wanted to highlight in terms of the findings there? Yeah, actually also the safety because it has been quite a lot of debate. And of course, uh, an important thing of the trial was also to assess the, the safety profile. And what's the thing about the FMT for the numerous previous trials is it's quite hard to tell what is adverse event related to having the C. diff infection and what comes from the FMT itself. And I think this is one of the first trials to actually do this. And to our surprise also that we thought that some of the more GI complaints that we were observing from FMT in real life practice might be the FMT, but we also saw that in the placebo group. So that said, there may be an overweight of gastrointestinal symptoms such as diarrhea and abdominal pain within 24 hours in the FMT group compared with the placebo group. But 
we found it to be very well tolerated and that's an important finding for this indication because of course risk benefits radio has to be outweighed as well so certainly um so you know thinking about the totality of your results where do you really see research on on cdep going next and, and sort of fmt and cdep going next and what kind of key questions do you think still need to be asked i mean for instance one thing that we've seen a little bit of people asking might FMT have a role by itself without uh, proceeding antibiotics, for instance? Yeah, we have given this quite some considerations as well. I think it's important to state that FMT is an adjuvant therapy to antibiotics, so one does not preclude the other. So it's actually an add-on, but I think that, of course, it's a tempting thought to think, shouldn't we just go ahead with the FMT and not do the antibiotics? But but I actually think we need the antibiotics to stabilize the patient and treat the acute infection. And then what FMT does and what we also see in this trial is actually it prevents the recurrence of the infection. So it stops this vicious cycle. And I think it's in combination, but of course, it would be very important to, to emphasize if we pre-treat with fidaxomycin instead of vancomycin, that may be a better option and of course try to do the trial without any pretreatment that would be a very interesting trial as well to to add to our understanding but i think what early fmt really does is actually it emphasizes that microbiota restorative treatments may be needed to effectively treat the infection or at least prevent it the recurrence of the infection and this should not only be fmt fmt is the only good option right now but in the forthcoming future, I think it could be some newer, some of the newer commercialized solutions as well. So in this sense, I think that FMT is somehow paving the way for the microbiota-based uh, treatments. Certainly. And so then perhaps this might be a bit more of a broader question than just FMT to CDIP, but, you know, we've seen a, a few kind of safety concerns raised and, and perhaps issues around the stabilization of FMT. Do you see that? affecting recommendations for use and kind of extending uh, the indications of FMT earlier into the, uh, the C. diff um, indication or, and, and also will FMT still have a role as these, and you mentioned them there, these live biotherapeutic products in the kind of criminal and more rationally designed, more standardized, where, where will FMT fit after those reach maturity? Yeah, I think it applies to all of FMT, this question, actually. It's not only the trial, but I think when it's about FMT, it's always about safety is the subject to much debate, to be honest. Safety is, of course, of uttermost importance. And and the thing is that the live biofuelics that has gained quite the traction in the last years has tried to improve this profile. But I think the, the key thing in in the safety issue is actually the donor dependence that currently most, both FMT and some of the commercial available options is actually still share a degree of donor dependence. So while it's still donor dependent, we can minimize the risk by additional procedures and try to remove some of the thing that may be harmful. But I think what's currently minimizing the, sa the safety concerns is we have to have quite some thorough screening programs and that's similar to other bloods and substances of human origin that we can minimize the risk quite substantially by the system. But the argument for, for safety and standardization of the, uh, of the treatment first applies when we know this 
microbiota consortium and we are able to to design them and know what the actually what is the pure active component in this and when we we know this i believe we can do all the thorough testings where we can do it in the lab try to test to see if we can stress the bacteria if it's even the bacteria working and i believe when these become available i believe they may be this rational designed treatments for certain indications i believe that in time the maybe the treatment will be different depending on the indication so we will probably start by using these and if they fail we will go to the last resort being fmt and in this sort fmt is this exploratory tool and also the last resort option but when it comes to fmt and the safety there has been numerous reports now that fmt seems to be very well tolerated i believe this trial also supports this and but i think that the m- main thing about fmt is it's about the skepticism that is na- naturally occurring because it's always this is fmt really this effective and is this too good to be true and i think that if it's this good people tend to think it may be unsafe by looking at the profile and this is what brings up the safety argument most of the time and i have to admit i was actually also in the beginning quite skeptical about this and you know i think that most that has performed fmt have their own anecdotes now and but when you see how well patients really respond and recover you know you start telling the story so so we have at our institution at least we have come up with, with this funny term to say number needed to convince actually stating how many fmt do you need to perform on c diff to be convinced actually we our guess is one or two <laughs> so brilliant um well thank you uh so much once again so it's a coming on the podcast and sharing those thoughts um i mean obviously it's a very interesting trial but there's certainly so many lessons and indications around for the expanding well beyond uh indications and see it so yeah thank you very much for sharing. yeah thank you so much for having me you can read the paper on the early fmt trial online now at thelancet.com Thank you to Dr. Bamwell, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology Podcast in conversation with. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With wherever you usually get your podcasts.